it's certainly been a minute. Heading back to the office. I don't know. Fuck with my schedule a little bit more than I thought it would. I, I only had the one day, by the way. I think people thought I was going forever. One day. Mess with me. And I just kind of stopped doing it. I stopped exporting sometimes, too, honestly. So uh, I, I liked doing this. It helped me okay, connect to the league. I, I, so you know what? Uh, I'm going to try and bring it back. And it was not hard. I know that I think early on I was taking a ton of notes prior to. Now I'm kind of just going off the box score, uh, looking for some storylines ahead of time. But it doesn't take a ton of prep work anymore. So I don't know that a review of the games the prior night makes a ton of sense on a sporadic basis. I think the beauty of what was going on before was that it was consistent and that that I had the storylines going through and so on and so forth. I certainly love the weekend previews and reviews. We'll see how it goes. What's up, dog? Um, But we'll see. George. George, enough. Crazy animal. Okay, he's not shutting up. George. Shut up. Let's get into it. Last night, 627. I have no idea what the standings are. I have no idea how these series went over the weekend. So we're going to review just Sunday night's games. And we'll get back to regular schedules. There is going to be a midweek podcast with me and Anonymous GM at some point. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. Probably not tomorrow because the Hawks game's on. Uh, if he wants to do it at night, depending on what his schedule looks like. We'll see. But it's going to be going on. So we're going to be talking about a couple of things. Uh, I don't know if the Brewers are still on a losing streak, but they were on a losing streak. That was epic for a team that was so hot. We have to talk about them. The Mets seem to be surging a little bit uh, from what I checked this morning. So we have to talk about them. The trade deadline is about a month out. So we got to talk about that. And there were probably some trades made since last time I checked. So we'll get there, too. Um, Anyway, let's get into it. Let's go through the games last night. We will start in Boston, where the Red Sox took on the Yankees. Quick look at their records. Tell me that the Red Sox are 500 after the loss. The Yankees cannot seem to catch that 500 mark. They're five back. 36 and 41 for the Yanks. 39 and 39 for the Sox. This game had fireworks early on. It's eight runs scored in the first one and a half innings between the two teams. Six of those by the Yankees. Only two about the Sox. They would put up a three spot in the bottom of the third. The final score would be 15 to 9. 21 hits over nine innings by the Yankees' bats. I don't know what to do with that. This is the Yankees' offense we thought we'd see when Rhett put this team together. And if you can get this consistently, or hell, even half of this consistently, I mean, you'll take seven runs and 10 hits every game. Yeah, half of this. And that's still probably way too much to ask. But let's just run through it real fast. Will Myers went three for six, driven five RBIs. He has certainly picked it up after a slow start, though still the power does not seem to be there. From what you expect, right? A home run today. It's his fifth of the year since coming over to New York. He has driven in 27 RBIs, batting 261. Orion Uriah goes two for five. Pretty much everybody has hit multiple hits. The only guy without multiple hits is Gary Sanchez, and he drove in an RBI at least. Nine batters to the plate for the Yanks. Six of them drove in RBIs. Miguel Sano, three for four. Four home runs and two RBIs, taking his total in the year to 21. Murderers row for the Yankees. Just a real quick rundown. Illinois Arai, 17 home runs. Miguel Velasquez, 24 home runs. Gary Sanchez, 20 home runs. Miguel Sano, 21 home runs. Ramon Ortiz, 18 home runs. And the guys outside of that, David Chester, Ivan Chavez, and Will Myers, all have 30 home run power. And who doesn't have Rafael Luna, who really does not fit this lineup at all. But is hitting 322 at the bottom of the lineup. So, I mean, he's getting on. He's scoring runs. On the mound, Dylan Bundy went five innings, just stretching it out to get the win there. Gave him 10 hits, five runs, walked three. 
really bad performance. Garrett Cole was horrid in a third of an inning. I mean, due to 14 pitches, I think he was left. I think he pitched yesterday. I think this is what I saw. He pitched Saturday and Sunday for some reason. So that's why he, uh, is that, is this what I saw? No. Anyway, Garrett Cole, not a great outing. Uh, Tatsuhiro Aguchi, also not good. He would actually leave the game injured for Boston. Nobody in this bullpen pitch well. I mean, the Sox had a 14 hits, uh, with the, the highlight being maybe Arturo Cruz shoving in four RBIs. Uh, Seiha Suzuki, a potential all-star here, hits his 15th home run of the year. The Sox do have a ton of good talent. It's just spread a little bit more thin. I mean, there's just nobody quite like the Yankees from a batting perspective. Wow, that took a long time. I'm out of practice here. Oh, man. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, let's talk about the Dodgers, right? Dodgers took on the Cubs. I don't know how they've been doing it. The Dodgers, man. Oh, no, the Dodgers fell back. Dodgers are eight games under 500, 35 and 43. Cubbies are 34 and 44, 10 under. That's better than they were when I left them. Uh, and they would win the game today, 5-4. Uh, that would be a walk-off. Well, not really because it was the top of the ninth. But they would score. They were down 3-4, heading into the eighth. They would tie the game in the top of the eighth to take the lead in the top of the ninth. And that would be it. Uh, the double came from somebody named James, whoever that may be. Earl James, of course, Earl James, player of the week, if I'm not mistaken. I uh, went three for four and drove in his 14th, 13th RBI, I assume he was a double, top of the ninth in the, wow, double in the top of the ninth. There we go. Uh, the win would go to Toronto, who would be his sixth win of the year out of the bullpen for the Cubbies. The loss would fall onto the shoulders of Jordan Walden after Tyler Pill. Five innings, gave up three runs. Madison Bumgarner gave up four over five as well. Neither pitcher pitching particularly well, but Earl James would be the player of the game. Two errors by the Dodgers definitely didn't help, although all the runs scored by the Cubs were earned. Jorkson Profar stole two bases today, which is weird. Three on the year, just still two in one game from having one through, what, 70-something games? It's strange, it seems like, but, you know, good, good on him. The... Chicago White Sox. Now, I do know that the White Sox win today gave them the series win over the Mariners, which was sarcastically responded to with real fear uh, by Justin Kaiser. But they, they, to be fair, the, the White Sox are 28 and 50, and the Mariners are 51 and 28. So uh, it's a little bit of a disparity here. Judd Graham would pitch a decent game for the Sox, going six and two thirds, giving up three runs, striking out eight. Archie Bradley would go six, giving up one before the bullpen. I mean, really, a combination of Teo Otenhoff and uh, Orlando Garcia would give up a couple of runs to take the loss for the Mariners. The loss actually falls to Garcia, who also blows his fifth save of the year. The uh, win would come off the bat of Ramon Zaragoza. He would hit a run-scoring sack fly in the bottom of the ninth after the White Sox had just tied it via some sort of a bat. I'm assuming Roberto Torres bidding in the three spot uh, would be the big piece of this. Nick Allen batting in the leadoff spot still trying to get some speed on base, and he did steal a base. Uh, Jonathan India down here at the bottom. I mean, this, this team's got some interesting pieces. I don't even think we need to talk about that right now. We're supposed to be on track. Diamondbacks will take down the Padres. I know the D-backs were on a hell of a hot streak when I left them, and it seems like they've continued 48-31 and 31 as the Padres fall to 34-45, and 45, 11 back. Don't know where these guys are sitting right now, but the Diamondbacks would win 7-1. to Shohei Otani would go 7 and a third. Give up one run to improve to nine and two with a two eight nine ERA. Kevin Nicholas would fall to three and eight, going four and a third, giving up six runs. Three and eight with a four six three ERA for the Padres. Atani would also drive in two runs at the dish as he went two for three. He's now batting two sixty eight, eleven home runs, forty RBIs on the year. Bryce Harper would go two for five, driving a couple RBIs as well. He is having a spectacular season in the desert. That hit his 
also his 21st home run. You again, you want to talk about Murderer's Row here. Jeremy Scott, 296, 22 home runs. Vlad Guerrero Jr., 327, 18 home runs. Bryce Harper, 321 home runs. Right down the center. Das Cameron needs to pick his shit up, though, as he's hitting 227. And Adley Rushman, not quite ready for the bigs, clearly, as he's batting way below 200. The Cleveland Baseball Spiders and the Minnesota Twins would go to extra innings, as they so often do. Looks like they might have been tied prior to this, or the, the Twins had a half-game lead. Uh, either way, Cleveland would walk off in the, nope, would take the lead in the top of the 15th, scoring four runs, a two-run shot off the bat of Jorge Ayala and a couple other runs getting knocked in in the 15th would just be too much. I mean, there's no way you're going to battle back from that at that point. As Rhett Skipsky went four and two-thirds of shutout, well, not shutout, but really good baseball before giving up all these runs here at the end and having to be pulled. He would take the loss for the Twins. The win would go to John Kent, his first of the year. Home runs from Jorge Ayala, Chris Betts, Tommy Joseph hit two for Cleveland, and just an all-around performance. Nick Williams at the top of this lineup, 0 for 7 on the day. Pretty solid stuff, buddy. Miguel Andujar also went 0 for 5. Those are both former Braves. Love to see them succeeding other places. The Giants would take down Oakland. Oakland's only four games under 500 at this point. I mean, he's way, way, way behind the actual race here but you know it's good to see the A's playing decent baseball the Giants 32 and 45 well out of the situation Bryson Bendia went three and two thirds only through 35 pitches before being pulled I don't know what happened here uh he didn't leave the game hurt there was no rain delay I'm not sure why he was pulled so quickly James Paxton would get the win out of the bullpen and Todd Howard would go seven and a third giving with three runs to take the loss for Oakland Greg Faustini stole his seventh or tenth base excuse me of the year still only hitting 211 at the top of the lineup though Trevor Story had driven a run, batting sub-200. Mike Moustakis is batting 205. Travis Darno is batting 140. This team is struggling offensively. The A's are on the lookout, at least they were when I left, for some offensive performance, particularly at the middle infield spot, looking for a second-base replacement to Trevor Story. Doesn't look like they found it yet to this point. I don't know who Roderer is, but he drove into RBIs for the Giants. Good for you, buddy. Royals take down the Rangers as the new GM managers like magic seems to have worn off in Texas. The Rangers are 37 and 30. Sorry, sorry. The Royals are 37 and 38. The Rangers are 33 and 45 uh, as they take another loss today. The Royals keep flirting with this 500 number. They can't seem to stay over it for whatever reason, but still what, four games back of Cleveland at this point, uh, if that. So, you know, they're still in the hunt. Chris Bubich would go six innings and take the win. James Widener would go five and two thirds, give up four runs. He falls to two and ten with seven one six ERA. This is a terrible, terrible season for him. Uh, King Felix Hernandez would pitch in a third of an inning, give up a run, and then leave the game injured. I don't know how serious it's going to be, but he is going to be out for at least some period of time. Kansas City thirty seven and thirty eight, and we already told you the Rangers record. It ain't pretty. St. Louis was taking on Pittsburgh at home, and St. Louis would get the win. They are closing in on the Pirates, by the way. One game back in the win column, three games more, I guess, in the loss column. So I don't know that two games back, somewhere in that range. Uh, but a win here definitely makes a difference. Craig Cooper goes five and a third, gives up two runs, strikes out seven to move to seven and seven. Carlos Mesa goes three and two thirds, giving up five runs to fall to two and seven with a three nine three ERA. That's a bad luck record right there. Offense for the Cardinals just spread around. I mean, Mally, Hernandez, Rodriguez, Rutherford, Ballard, all driving in runs. Give me John Ballard still playing baseball in this league. 219, zero home runs, eight RBIs, and clearly a reserve role for the Cardinals. Redbirds are 42 and 36. Pirates, 43 and 33. I mean, this division's just so good. 
Tigers get shut out by the Astros, who, if I'm not mistaken, are on fire. I think they've won 12 straight, 48 and 30, still sitting in third place. Shut out baseball until this, to the top of the eighth inning. Kyle Cody went seven innings, only the one run when he maybe went an inning too long. Folgy, Tewksbury, and Mason would come in and give up more runs, but that run run was all it's used and we needed to get the win. As Josh Norr, Matt Vaughn, and Bukowskis shut them out. Cody falls to two and four. Sorry, I thought I heard a baby crying. It was a bird, I think. Gary Kyoko hits his first Major League home run. Congratulations, Gary, as he drove in three on the day. And the Tigers are 28 and 50. Tigers suck. Sorry, Jim. Colorado would take down the Brewers as the Brewers are still 20 games over 500. So they must have they must have stopped them bleeding here. Uh, Colorado was 15 and 27. Milwaukee 49 and 29. As Duncan Dwayne goes four innings, gives up four earned runs to take the loss. He's eight and four with a 3.02 ERA. Clayton Kershaw goes six and a third, gives up one earned run. He is 10 and two with a 2.88 ERA. Nick McCulley would get his fourth hold of the year as the Rockies would take down the Brewers fairly easily. Angels would take down the Rays six to four. Angels are 54 and 24, 30 games over 500, not even at the All-Star break yet. It's just fucking, this league is so stupid. God, it's ridiculous. Brady Sanger goes seven innings, gives up one run, moves to eight and four on the year. Navarez picks up his 21st save by notching one out and giving up two hits, eight pitches. So, you know, baseball stats for you. Uh, Henry Carlson goes four innings, gives up four runs, takes the loss. He's now 0-2 with an 11 ERA for the Rays in a short stint up in the majors. Paulini drives in three runs. For the Angels, the Rays are 11 games under 500, 34 and 45. That good luck start or the good feel start has definitely cooled off. The Mets won their fifth straight, 4-2 over the Phillies. They are now 32 and 45, just 13 below 500. Not that far back of the Nationals and the Braves at the top of this division. Uh, this would be a good game for Lincecum, going six innings, giving up two runs. No decision factored in for him. Boone Logan will get the win as he. Came in in the eighth pitch to score this inning. He moves to three and one. Anthony Munoz picks up his 12 save. Latos went seven good innings. Also does not figure into the decision. The loss falls to Chris Kissock for the Phillies, who are 34 and 42. Only two and a half games up on the Mets at this point. So that's not where you were hoping to be if you're the Phils. Baltimore would take down Toronto in a game of American League East people who, again, just nobody wants to pull away. The Jays at three games over 500, or three games up on the Red Sox who are 500 at this point, but losing to the Jays, we're still only four under 500. It's not a good sign. Luis Arias gets two hits in his major league debut. Welcome to the big show, Luis Arias. John Lester goes six innings, gives up three runs, so falls to 10 and three. Guys having a hell of a season. Juan Trujillo, big game one, as it's called by Drew Hastings, goes five innings, gives up two runs. Uh, I guess John Hodges comes into pitch, and of course the normal Baltimore use every pitcher we've got strategy here, you know, John Hodges pitches five inning walk or five pitch walk. Will Clark will come in and strike out one dude on three pitches. He'll leave. Rod Cunningham will throw two thirds of an inning. Lewentz guy throws one inning or third of an inning, walking a dude and getting it out. And then Spencer will throw two thirds of an inning before Steve Badger gets a two inning. Yeah, this fucking bullpen management is ridiculous. Who's the manager of the Orioles? That dude is fired. Uh, Braves would lose to the Reds, of course. Why not? As the team just sucks ass. They split with the worst team in the National League. Uh, they fall to 42 and 36. The Reds improved to 32 and 46, as quoted by uh, Delirium or uh, Scott, I believe. No, not Scott. Shit, I'm sorry, man. I can't remember your name. I'm, I'm all kinds of out of whack. Uh, his winning streak is hurting his draft stock. It is. Stop beating me, and you'll have a better draft. William Walker has been very good for the Reds this year, though. He improved to six and five. Goes six innings, two on run, 
ball to improve to six and five. Porter Grant takes a loss, five and two thirds, gives up five runs. He sucks, uh, as do the rest of the Braves. The Reds just kind of peppered him on. He scored two in the first, one in the fourth, one in the fifth, one in the sixth, and that was all they needed, holding the Braves' offense to three hits. Only one RBI. I guess one of the other runs scored must have been unearned or something along those lines, but uh, no extra base hits for the Braves. Good stuff, guys. Really, really proud of you. And finally, the Marlins would take down the Nationals. I guess the only good thing is the Nationals have also lost two straight uh, as they fall to 44 and 33. The Marlins are 32 and 46 at the bottom of this division now. Good pitching performance from Paul Macaracker. Five innings, one run, but he would not figure into the section as Paul Klein would get the W. Bobby Milton went eight innings with the entire game for the Nationals. Through 96 pitches, gave him two runs, but he'd fall to seven and four with a 2 3 0 ERA. This kid needs some love and all star voting. That's it. I'll be back tomorrow with a shorter, more heads on version. I'll have an understanding of where the standings are and who's in what place and all that other crap, but good to be back. Appreciate it.